Hello, hello, welcome back to Planet Chaos with Mel K and Rob K. We are here on 12-20-2023, heading into the Christmas uh, holiday. Very excited. We got our My Pillow stuff today, so we decided to wear it on the show. This is my uh, My Pillow new robe. Very excited about it. And my My Pillow pajamas, too. <laughs> We're super excited. And uh, hello, Rob. How are you doing today? And looks like you got your My Pillow Christmas I, stuff. Yes, Santa came early for me this year too. Um, we did see Mike Lindell in Arizona, and he was uh, very kind. And um, so we got this. I got this cool hat, scarf, and uh, this this nice uh, sleep shirt, which is like the softest thing that I've ever seen. And you know how much I love my My Pillow slippers, which I, I basically wore through to the nubs. And now I got some new my pillow slippers, so I'm gonna be feeling cozy. As I we know. Go the show today with I my know. new five my pillow slippers. So um, this stuff is all great, and it supports an amazing patriot, uh, Mike Lindell and the my pillow folks. So uh, they are fighting like no one's business to save our country. Also supports the Mel K show. So you know all our amazing uh, 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 partners on our partner page. Uh, make what we do possible. You make what we do possible. They help facilitate that by having uh, amazing products that help support the show. So thank you all. I'm feeling very cozy, as I said, and uh, I, I'm excited for our show. We've, we were on the road for the last week, Mel, so that was kind of a thing. Yeah, and I want to say we were with Mike Lindell, and uh, the man is an amazing, incredible human. His story alone is is incredible. But I have to say, if you like my pillow products, like I think everyone does, I've never heard a complaint. I certainly sleep on my pillow. Our bedding's my pillow. I have my my pillow Christmas robe here, Rob, and I stocked up for the holidays. Use the code Mel K. Uh, it is on our partners page. You can click on my pillow or go to my pillow or my store. Use the code Mel K. It really does support him. They are going after him hard. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Trump today, of course. The Supreme Court of Colorado has disgraced this country and the rule of law. They are all Democrats, not elected. Uh, was not a surprise, but it is not not a big deal because it is another uh, situation where we realize we are living in a captured country that is no longer running as as planned by the founders nor by the Constitution, the rule of law. Uh, or the rights, uh, which they have are denying Trump on many fronts. But uh, my, uh, Mike Lindell is being hammered hard by all sides, and uh, my pillow is being uh, really treated terribly. The company it is a great company. It is an American company. It employs a lot of people. Um, so uh, if you have anything you need, we have the best towels, we have the best sheets. Our whole everything we have is now my pillow, and it's awesome, and it lasts, and it's beautifully made and it's American and it supports a man who has supported so many podcasts. He supports podcasts that have a couple thousand subscribers to millions of subscribers, anyone that's doing the right thing. And he's not stopping. He has a, a whole the whole list of things you can do for the election now on his website over there on the uh, offense um, instead of defense for the 2024 election. So please uh, buy from my pillow and use the code Mel K helps us too, but it really does help that company. And we should all be rooting for Mike Lindell. Um, yeah, we were in, um, first we were in Tulare, California. It was awesome. We had a great time. What a beautiful, uh, setting that was an amazing, amazing crowd, totally fired up. Uh, this time we had the great Joe Allen who's been on here. He'll be on again. Uh, he is, uh, 
delves real into the transhumanism. I don't know if you've seen his book or uh, Dark Aeon or I've seen him on this show or any other shows. He's on uh, War Room a lot. He uh, really brought the house down. Alina Haba was there, who's awesome and funny and uh, going through the motions, really fighting for Donald Trump. Uh, of course, Lara and Eric and Devin Nunes and and just all these amazing patriots. And I want to thank Clay Clark. Um, for those of you that don't know out there, uh, Clay Clark has put his life on hold to do this. And he is a giant trooper. He puts these things together against all odds. Um, General Flynn obviously is uh, championing the Reawaken America tour. We have our last one is planned. Last one, I say, eh, maybe last one, but what I'm told is the last one. There's going to be a lot of other events coming up this year. We are participating in many of them. There's going to be many determined patriotism conferences. Uh, I'm doing the meet conferences, which are prep conferences and also uh, informational, educational conferences. Uh, we are going all around. We are actually speaking in uh, my mom's neck of the woods in West Palm Beach, uh, January 11th with Ann Vandersteel. Um, so all this stuff will be on our events page. That'll be updated regularly. Again, if you want us to come speak where you are uh, and bring a crowd or bring anyone that is on the show, any guests you like, please just drop us an email and let me know. And uh, we will facilitate it anywhere we can go this year. Uh, the book is coming out in January, Americans Anonymous. Uh, we are hoping for a January date. So that'll be another chance to tour all around the country and meet all of you guys, because this show is nothing if not for you. I am the luckiest person in the world. I have the best audience and I am so incredibly grateful. Rob and I are a very small operation. We don't have any big, big backers or donors or we're not part of any clubs. We just kind of do the best we can do and are on the journey with you. Lots of, uh, as they would say, moves and counter moves. And it's been an incredible ride. So all of you that have reached out to us, Thank you for the cards and uh, the encouragement. Uh, donations are so appreciated, and you guys have been more than generous, and I'm so, so, so grateful. Um, like I said, me and Rob, we, we just really try to do the best we can uh, to keep guys informed of things you might not be hearing elsewhere. And then we were in Turning Point. Turning Point was wild, huh, Rob? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so you go from the, uh, you know, the, the cow fields of Tulare, California, to basically like a, a massive club type boom atmosphere lounge with 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 smoke <laughs> and lights and mirrors uh, in uh, Phoenix Arizona uh, and we got yeah, to uh, we met some amazing uh, people had some great interviews uh, we also got to hang out with uh, your buddy Roseanne and and Kathy for uh, quite a bit yeah so, uh, yeah that was I mean, it was a good trip yeah me but, Roseanne know. and Kathy O'Brien. We, me, me and Roseanne and Kathy O'Brien, and of course, her awesome son, Jake uh, and Rob and uh, and the, her her family and a whole bunch of other great people. We had a, a couple great fun dinners and uh, laughed a lot. And uh, it looks really positive out there. Lots of young people. Uh, Turning Point is doing an amazing thing with uh, college kids and also high school kids. And people seemed really pumped up. Everyone that was there was really excited about getting in the battle, getting in the fight, getting out there, finding what they are passionate about and making it their purpose going into 2024. So that was an atmosphere of fun. And uh, we came back last night and uh, we jumped on in here. Uh, Rob, we've been doing the live Q&A on Sunday. Uh, we are doing uh, a little bit of a change for the next two weeks because of the holiday, because both Sundays are Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, right, Rob? 
Yeah. So we thought we'd give give you a little bit of a break so you can focus on your friends and family. And we're going to do them on Thursday. So uh, we'll do uh, the next one. Uh, I guess it's tomorrow uh, is uh, Thursday and then the following week, uh, Thursday. So we'll, uh, you know, just avoid uh, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. We're going to be working straight through, quite frankly. Uh, but um, but we want you to make sure that you, you know, have the personal time you need because we need to recharge for this new year. This is uh, going to be quite a year for sure. I mean, we've seen it already uh, starting yeah, to happen. Yeah, and if you haven't checked out the live Q&A, sorry, Rob, there's a little delay. I didn't. I don't know if it's on my end or your end, but there's some a little bit of a delay. Sorry, folks. Hopefully that evens out. But if you haven't checked out the MelKShow.com, We the People, it's a We the People with Mel K on Sunday night live stream this week and next week uh, will be Thursdays, but it's really fun and we're having a great time. I've gotten a lot of great feedback and uh, it's growing. And in 2024, we're going to up the game on the show and we're going to, you know, expand the Q and a live stream. And we have a lot of big plans for that. So if you haven't checked it out, please do. It's a real fun time and uh, it's very interactive question and answer format. And um, we're going to be building it up. We just were talking to some people over at Rumble and at Locals and at other places. We got all kinds of plans and the book. And it's just going to be a great year because we are in the fight and we are fighting to the finish. And uh, as you know, so is Donald Trump. So um, at this point tonight, everyone is uh, talking about the Colorado Supreme Court decision. Um, yes and no. It stayed until the 4th of January because they expect the Supreme Court to pick it up. There are multiple uh, things about Donald Trump's cases in front of the Supreme Court. Um, but the truth is that what it is showing more than anything is that the globalist billionaire oligarchy that run the Democratic Party do not care at all about we the people or what we want. If they did, they would back off and stop trying to lawfare Trump, uh, get him off ballots, get him in jail, whatever they're trying to do. And they would uh, allow a fair fight. But that's not how they work, because that's not how they worked in 2020. And frankly, that hasn't been how they worked for decades. But here we are again, a four point four to three decision. Um, the four people also all of the judges, again, Democrat appointees, nobody is elected here. Um, all very uh, uh, serious about the idea that Trump committed or incited insurrection, though he has not been found guilty of that. So there has been no guilty verdict because he didn't do that. Of course, there was also no insurrection charges on any of the January 6th cases either. Um, right now, also in front of the Supreme Court is a question of if there was an obstruction of Congress or obstruction of official proceedings uh, that they have to decide on, which could change the fate of hundreds of January 6th defendants and Donald Trump. Uh, but basically, this four to three ruling, they went in and they used something, a post-Civil War uh, 14th Amendment uh, to the Constitution that bans insurrectionists from holding public office. Uh, as you know, that this went through uh, Colorado before and uh, and they turned it down, saying that Trump wasn't um, uh, well, that this did not apply to Trump, but it went up and the Supreme Court decided it did. Um, and what it said is that he could be barred. Um, basically, the first ruling said that he could not be barred from the ballot because it was unclear that the provision was intended to cover presidency. If you do go look at the uh, provision, actually, it's very unclear. And um, these four judges, Judge Hart, Judge Gabriel, Judge Hood, and Judge Marquez decided that it does uh, 
include Donald Trump. Um, so we will find out. The Supreme Court will have to decide here. And um, uh, what are your thoughts on this, Rob? I find it very disturbing, but also just very uh, telling. And I think that, again, as everything else they're doing, it will only say to people that the swamp and these uh, these people running the controlled demolition of the United States need to be held accountable. And yet again, I think it's going to pump up people that might not be so pro-Trump to support him because, yet again, uh, this is an attack on the United States, the Constitution, and the rule of law. Well, I would argue that um, the insurrection, you know, uh, was on the other side, quite frankly. Um, You know, we had an election that, um, you know, there was a lot of anomalies, uh, you know, and I'll be nice, but... Um, yeah, there was a lot of questions. We've seen a lot of evidence and, and people had the right to, to petition their government and, and ask questions and, and that was quashed. So, um, and so now we have, uh, you know, them using lawfare to shut down, uh, the voice of, of what, you know, the bulk of, in my opinion, we, the people want. So it's, uh, it's really horrible, uh, you know, what they're doing and, and, you know, I think it's going to rally more and more people around Trump because they're going to see uh, that that there's there's nothing there. I mean, we are in a color revolution and they're trying to foment all of this anger within the populace. Um, but I think if we channel that that energy properly, um, you know, we can take back this country. We will take back this country and um, and he will be vindicated. But this is really this is this is terrible, terrible, dirty, dirty uh, tricks. Yeah. And I want people to understand how ridiculous this is. Uh, First of all, the 14th Amendment, the Reconstructionist Amendments mean the Reconstructionist Amendments. And as you can see on the screen right now, as Natalie Winters, the great Natalie Winters, I just saw her this weekend. She's absolutely awesome. Um, She goes through every time something happens in the Hunter or Joe Biden or James Biden cases, another one of these dramatic, crazy bombshell Trump indictments or Trump uh, decisions comes down within a day or two days. So uh, House House authorized the Biden impeachment inquiry. A Biden family whistleblower testifies. And the same day, Colorado ballot removal. Not a surprise. We have been tracking this as she has as well. Um, totally insane. But again, this, this was created um, after the Reconstruction, after the Civil War. And it's funny, they these lunatics wanted to re- remove a monument in Washington, D.C. It got stopped by a, a Trump judge at last minute, a beautiful monument in D.C. I've been to before that was uh, to significant, uh, signify the end of the Civil War and the Reconstruction. And of course, they want to take it down, ironically. Um, but anyway, it was passed because um, it prohibited former Confederate military and political leaders from holding office because they had taken part in a rebellion against the United States known as the Civil War. Uh, And the truth is that uh, the way that it is phrased and the way that it is worded uh, makes it absolutely absurd that they are using this to uh, take Trump off the ballot. Trump is not a former officer of the United States, which is what this is, uh, which which is what the language says. Uh, The term in the Constitution, meaning Section 3, does not apply here. Uh, And on top of that, um, the officer of the United States is someone appointed by the president to aid him in his duties under Article 2, Section 2. The term does not apply to elected officials and certainly not to the president himself. 
Uh, the framers never intended for this to be weaponized or used against a former president or a candidate. Uh, this is the ultimate election interference, but it's also just another example of these arrogant globalist billionaire oligarchs that run the Democratic Party telling you that the Constitution, the Bill of Rights no longer applies in America. If it does not apply to Donald Trump, it does not apply to you. Um, and on top of that, we wanted to mention that there are multiple election cases out there, not against Trump. There are multiple election cases fighting the fraud that did occur in 2020 that have not been adjudicated yet either. So there's a lot of messes on both sides. I also want to make the um, uh, distinction that this is not in effect yet. They actually made it until, I believe, January 4th. Uh, they are. They do believe the Supreme Court will be uh, judging whether this applies to Trump or not. There's also uh, a uh, Trump is also pushing to dismiss the Georgia ludicrous RICO case, which can't be proven either on First Amendment grounds, because, of course, if the Constitution and Bill of Rights were actually functioning in this captured nation, uh, he would have the First Amendment right to say anything, including questioning the election or anything he said on January 6th, which included to uh, be peaceful and exercise their rights in a peaceful way. Uh, of course, that was the tweet that got him removed from immediately from uh, uh, Twitter. And I just want to say that's also in front of the Supreme Court uh, to decide um, if Trump has immunity, because that is another thing that he is fighting also to be adjudicated over in the Supreme Court. So we got many questions about all these cases uh, and, and where Donald Trump stands in terms of his rights. Uh, all because he was president does not mean that he does not have the rights of everyone else. And the truth of the matter is we have now learned that both Fannie Willis uh, and this uh, Colorado court, they uh, decided everything pretty much based on the fraudulent January 6th committee. Uh, everyone on the January 6th committee is complicit, and Benny Thompson has admitted that they destroyed evidence, which should never happen in any kind of congressional hearing. Uh, but again, they are not running by the Constitution or the rule of law, and that should anger everyone out there. I do not know why Democrats are cheering this on, uh, but they should know that this is no good for them either. And the fact that all three of these cases, Fannie Willis actually worked in tandem, apparently, with the January 6th committee. Um, Jack Smith got uh, a lot of stuff from the January 6th committee as well. And uh, now we are learning that the Colorado judges also deferred to the January 6th committee. Nancy Pelosi sitting in on her $500 million of cash rolling around up there in the cesspool she created in San Francisco. Must be very proud of herself at this moment. But remember, if they take immunity away from Donald Trump, a former president, presidential immunity, um, I would hope that that would also mean that Obama, who uh, is, is wreaking a lot of havoc, I call it Biden regime for a reason, uh, would also have his presidential immunity suspended uh, along with Clinton and Biden and uh, Bush, which uh, I think would be a big problem. So we'll see what the Supreme Court decides on all of that. Uh, um, Rob, I also wanted to uh, share with everyone, because I don't know if people are really out there talking about this. Um, again, uh, we have multiple judges involved here uh, that are questionable. Judge Chuck, Chuck, Chuckin, uh, she's the one that is with Jack Smith. She's doing all kinds of things, including the gag order that Trump's fighting, uh, presidential immunity. Then we got, um, we got, uh, um, the judge Erd Erdogan in New York City who decided Trump was guilty before the case 
And then during the case, when all the witnesses basically said that he's not guilty, um, uh, Letitia James came out and said he is guilty, and they decided he was guilty before. Did you see that, that Rob, from the New York case? Well, the, the uh, I didn't see that particularly from the New York case, but that's what they do. They just project, right? It's like one big uh, Nancy Pelosi uh, wrap-up schmear. They, so they, you know, they use the word insurrection, insurrection, insurrection. Um, they use the J6 uh, Hollywood production. They kind of plant that seed in the um, in the psyche of, of the masses through mass media. And then they use that as a predicate to move forward. The same thing with these uh, guilty verdicts, uh, not guilty, but these, these all these um, uh, accusations is they put the accusations out there and they're all, you know, kind of speaking the same language, using the same media uh, mouthpiece to do that. And so that it doesn't seem, you know, out of left field, but we know we can see what they're doing because it, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it, it doesn't match to the facts. It's, it's not reality. But they're trying to let it try yeah, to I, get us to not, you know, respect reality anymore. It's really insane. Yeah, and I think that. Yeah, and I think the scariest part, and I think most Americans that have dealt with the judicial system knows this in one way or another. I remember back uh, when we were doing shows with Susan in uh, New York during the lockdowns, and she was uh, she's a lawyer in New York, a friend of ours. And she was going over just like Bobby Ann Cox. She could not believe what was going on and that judges were uh, standing by breaking the Constitution under a so-called emergency. But there is one judge that is uh, particularly uh, hates Donald Trump, has ruled against him. She's the one that uh, decided that he had no attorney-client privilege, also decided that he uh, did, was not entitled to presidential immunity. If you do not know her name, her name is uh, Judge Burl Howell. She's also been very involved in a lot of the January 6th cases. And um, basically, I wanted people to understand that this is how this works. So a Women's White Collar Defense Association annual dinner just happened, uh, hosted by Loretta Lynch of the Tarmac meetings and the very interesting Russiagate, um, uh, what's it called, uh, her testimony, her um, discovery in Russiagate, still very interesting. I don't know uh, how she is walking around, but um, everyone seems to be still. But what's crazy is that this uh, event, it was a gala dinner a uh, for government, academia, and private sector, emceed by Loretta Lynch, former attorney general and, uh, and Bill Clinton tarmac friend uh, under Obama. And it honored, you guessed it, Judge Burl Howe. This is just this week. So you know how it works on the left. You do them a favor, they give you awards. And the craziest part, it wasn't only Judge Howe that was honored at this event this past week. It was also Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco. So two people totally involved in Get Trump and Russiagate uh, from the beginning got awards. And Howell, who uh, suspended uh, presidential immunity for Trump and also uh, decided that he has no attorney-client privilege, even though he was president on top of everything else, she got an award for being a champion, elevating di diversity and promoting diversity in the legal field is what she won for, scarily enough. And um, it goes on to say that uh, also Monaco, who got an award, was Obama's Homeland Security Advisor who ordered the intelligence community assessment of Russia's alleged, alleged interference in the 2016 election uh, victory of Donald Trump. She also participated in secret meetings with CIA Director Brennan 
and other officials in 2016 and worked with the Hillary Clinton campaign uh, pushing the Trump-Russia collusion narrative. Um, then she went on to CNN, of course, because that's what they do, because it's called Intel News Network. Um, on top of that, Howell, if you didn't know who got an award here too, she oversaw the special counsel Robert Mueller two-year investigation on top of everything else before becoming the biggest get Trump and January 6th uh, hang em judge. Uh, she um, also handled the proceedings of Mueller's grand jury, uh, which indicted both Roger Stone and Paul Manafort. Um, how also um, gave a speech when she accepted her award here, going on and thanking who? Sally Yates and Andrew Weissman and many other Russiagate figures. You know, Yates was behind the uh, FISA abuse of Carter Page. She was behind the Logan Act theory to use against uh, Michael Flynn. Uh, Weissman obviously was Mueller's lead investigator and uh, prosecutor also working uh, with a person that was in attendance at this gala event this past week, Rod Rosenstein, who somehow sleeked away without any anything happening to him yet. I say yet. Uh, and then on top of that, Hal went on to make a, make a speech without using Trump's name, uh, calling him an authoritarian, saying that January 6th, well, defendants believe the big lie of 2020, basically going on to uh, say... Um, you know, the usual stuff that she's been saying the whole time. All of this led Elise Stefanik to file an ethics complaint, thank God, against Judge um, Howell uh, with the D.C. Circuit Court. Elise um, Stefanik says Judge Howell's partisan speech is obviously highly inappropriate election interference by a federal judge that undermines the public trust in our courts. Moreover, the public display of a cozy personal relationship between Judge Howe and her partisan friends who appear before her undermines public trust in judicial independence. Uh, Howe also um, is the uh, one that uh, is behind um, a lot of the January 6th cases and uh, has been uh, out there openly uh, saying that Trump is an insurrectionist and all of this. And so she gets an award. Uh, all of her friends come to celebrate, and that does not surprise anyone, I'm sure. Um, on you know top of that, Rob, these, I don't know. If you, I was going to say, ahead. with these awards, it, it kind of almost reminds me a little bit of Hollywood because uh, it is a it's a creation of a narrative, right? So they they honor each other, they award each other, they write books. And, you know, they're bestsellers immediately without ever selling any books, probably. Um, but but they um, so they create this narrative through their power uh, of, of, you know, using the press and and each other. And so, again, that's another part because the Hollywood does the same thing. You know, who wins all the awards in Hollywood? We don't need, no one watches these movies anymore because, you know, they're generally made for a very narrow agendaed audience. And uh yeah, I mean, you you know that. So, you know, it's all about controlling the narrative. And and I think uh, we need to rise up each other on, on the conservative side, on the constitutional and freedom-loving side. We need to rise each other up in the same way. So let's start uh, awarding uh, more uh, conservatives and freedom fighters, uh, you know, honoraries. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, the, the thing about the swamp in D.C., the captured entity that uh, I believe is unsalvageable, known as the vassal state of the District of Columbia, uh, that's what they do. They they get uh, military industrial complex board jobs. They get uh, think tank jobs. They get uh, seats on boards in, in corporate America, the revolving door between big pharma, FDA, CDC. We've covered all this on the show. 
it is really uh, like like George Carlin said, it's a big club and we're not in it. And that includes all of the American people at this point. Another group that is involved here that we've talked about many times, um, I think that my show about the Transition Integrity Project before the 2020 election, uh, great reporting on that by uh, Whitney Webb and uh, Corey Lynn over at Corey Diggs and other people. Uh, Transition Integrity Project was um, the the plan, the simulation done by John Podesta um, and uh, Michael Steele, Norm Eisen, uh, Rosa Brooks, uh, Anita Dunn, all these people to game out all the scenarios in which Trump would win 2020. It was about a year before the election and how to counter it. I would say that the pandemic was one of those, but that is up to you guys to decide yourselves. But one group that was involved in that and was also involved in the takedown on um, censorship uh, smear campaigns and everything else as known as the Democracy Matters document by Media Matters was a group called Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington, otherwise known as CRU. Um, I will tell you right now, this is who is funding the 25 state lawsuits to get Trump removed from the ballot. And why we need to know this is because CRU is an amalgamation created by David Brock of Media Matters also, David Brock of Project 65, David Brock of Facts First, David Brock, who is being sued by Ken Paxton of Texas and other people, and Elon Musk. Uh, Media Matters has uh, been involved in all of this, but Crew is the group behind it, and they also have funding by the Open Society. So these lawsuits that are being filed to remove Trump from the ballots are not being filed by independent citizens that have some kind of issue that makes no sense because there was no insurrection. He was not charged with that. He's not guilty of that. Uh, he did not do that. The January 6th committee was a total fraud and has destroyed any evidence. So, you know, that's that. But this group crew has been involved a long time. Norm Eisen is one of the, he, I call him the architect of color revolutions. He was also somehow Obama's ethics czar uh, when Obama was in office, like the Minister of Truth, Cass Sonstein and Norm Eisen, both also Harvard guys with Obama. Uh, I believe Eisen was Obama's roommate, possibly, uh, at in law school at Harvard. Uh, there's some debate about uh, Obama's entire history, so I don't know if that's for sure, but that's the rumor. So um, they are behind all of this. This is not citizens of the United States having a problem with Trump being on the ballot. This is the same players of this globalist billionaire oligarchy elite NGO class of people that are done with America. They want us to be global citizens. They sit on top of throne. They call themselves the super class above our government. And David Brock is one of their henchmen with Eisen, also involved over at um, crew is uh, American Bridge, uh, which you might know about. The Democracy Alliance always shows up. The Open Society Foundation, the Streisand Foundation, Media Matters for America, and others. Um, so Crew is the group behind that. And we also know that other people filing lawsuits to impede Trump's election and other people around the country uh, that are America First candidates are um, Mark Elias is out there uh, doing all kinds of legal maneuvering, especially when it comes to the 2020 election cases. And then on the other side, we have um, we have Obama's second uh, and uh, I believe one of the orchestrators of what we now know as the Black Lives Matter movement, Eric Holder, 
is also out there trying to change districts and maps all over the country with his non-for-profit. All NGOs should get no funding from the taxpayers of the United States of America. NGOs should get no grants. And that is how these people function through these NGOs and um, and these opaque dark money groups also involved in a lot of these lawsuits, not to be surprised, are Arabella Partners, New Venture Fund, Tides, and um, the Rockefeller uh, different groups as well. So this is not organic. This is not people that have a problem. Most American citizens say, uh, let's have a fair election. I also do want to state that multiple foreign leaders have come out, um, the guy in El Salvador, um, many people, even even leaders in the Middle East, Putin, Modi, uh, different people are commenting throughout the day, the Prince of Saudi Arabia, about uh, that America has lost its standing in the world because of what, hap- what is happening to Donald Trump and that America has no standing to tell any nation, which is what they've been doing and they should not be doing. And Samantha Powers funding a lot of it with NED and USAID going into foreign countries that have so- are sovereign nations and uh, either using sanctions or um, clandestine uh, color revolution groups and NGOs to uh, either do regime change, cause chaos, or uh, whatever they'd like, uh, election meddling, whatever they're doing all over the world, people have had it, and many nations are turning on America because in three years, what the Biden regime has done to this country in the face of the world is nothing short of tragic, and uh, we really need to course correct ASAP. Uh, Rob, any more thoughts on the Trump stuff? Well, I think it's, it's well, you know, a lot of this is, is really around lawfare. So lawfare, uh, it, it can bankrupt you. It ties up your time, uh, energy and resources. It, it, it helps uh, move the narrative forward in the direction that they want. It, it creates confusion and distrust within the masses by um, kind of muddying the waters, just when they said, well, there's no evidence, there's no evidence, there's no evidence. Whenever there's something brought up about the election or other things, uh, you know, that gets, you know, into the the public uh, uh, psyche. And so it's easier to manipulate them. But all of this is about controlling the narrative and and driving a wedge between, you know, um, the American citizenry and um, and and the direction that we should be going, which is toward you know truth and justice and freedom, um, and they're muddying that waters through their newspeak and uh, you know basically like I said using the uh, wrap up smear uh, you know in every way that they can. It's, yeah, it's uh, truly disgusting, and the scariest part is that the cognitive dissidents and then the people that are still trapped in the hive mind of CNN, MSNBC, New York Times, Washington Post. Uh, Time Magazine, all the ones that Rockefeller thanked for helping him get as far as he's gotten, because if it wasn't for Rockefeller, we would not be in this situation. Uh, Brzezinski, Rockefeller, Kissinger, and The Crown have been uh, very instrumental in getting us to the precipice where we are either going to go towards the Great Reset and uh, slavery and the end of sovereign nations and nation states, or we are going towards uh, freedom, liberation, and getting rid of this uh, cabal and their international banking cartel that has been wreaking havoc on our lives for decades. But we are at, like I keep saying, they are as close to their one world government global governance as they are far from their one world government global governance plans that have been playing out over a hundred years, which is terrifying because like you said, the media keeps saying there's no evidence. You know, you see Hakeem Jeffries and AOC and this new girl, I, I guess her name, uh, the girl from Texas that like, 
she kind of looks like Cardi B and she goes out there and like yells and stuff. And, and it's really weird. Um, but they are going out there, even though there's paper trails, email trails, text messages, bank records, uh, suspicious activity reports, dozens of shell companies, dozens of witnesses, all of this make it perfectly clear that not only were Hunter Biden and James Biden using, uh, their, uh, presidential, uh, attachments to Obama and his father as leverage for all kinds of money-making schemes and laundering and, and nefarious activities, um, but that Joe Biden could not uh, be involved. But I do want to make a clear note here. Um, you do not need direct evidence that Joe Biden received money, even though we do have that. But you don't really need that because he's part of the influence peddling operation. But uh, don't tell any of these people on MSNBC or the Democratic Party. They're all saying there's no credibility, legitimacy, integrity. They impeached Trump over a phone call with Zelensky asking about Hunter Biden being on Burisma's board. So think about that at this point. Um, we also have Corinne Jean-Pierre saying that there was no involvement. And all these people, New York Times, Guardian, they're all saying they failed to produce evidence at the Guardian. Republicans are pushing pushing forward investigations with no evidence, no evidence. I mean, it is it is literally like you can't make this up. Uh, and then and then Hunter Biden's, uh, you know, when Hunter Biden came out and spoke, it was like, I mean, I felt like I was it, it, I couldn't I felt like it couldn't be real. And so uh, now we have his uh, Hunter Biden has a nine count indictment charging Hunter Biden, obviously, with tax evasion, failure to file returns, false or fraudulent returns when he did file them uh, and also uh, influence peddling for years. And the problem is that this is only between 2016 and 2019. His father became vice president um, in 2008, but his father was in office for 40 years. So uh, we're talking about three years that they're looking into. And uh, the craziest thing came out because I guess the whole Biden family is in on it. Um, because what we found out now is that Ashley Biden owns thousands of dollars in back taxes as well. So uh, now it's been revealed that uh, Ashley Biden of the famous Biden, uh, uh, you know, um, the diary that was left behind, um, that she owes uh, over $5,000 in back taxes that she hasn't paid beginning in 2015, uh, and that there has been a recent tax lien docket uh, filed against Ashley Biden. So I guess the Bidens just don't think that they are uh, a problem, that they have to live by the rules of everyone else. On top of that, if you haven't heard yet, um, the Washington Post, who originally said the laptop from hell was fake, but uh, now... Uh, all these, all this time later, uh, has to admit that it's real. But it turns out that um, we are now finding out that um, James Biden. It turns out that there are FBI tapes of him negotiating uh, via the Lion Hall Group um, on James Biden's business ventures. That the FBI actually not only has evidence on tape but that the Biden business earned $24 million between 2015 and 2019. The businesses used more than 29 or 20 shell companies. Associates sold, uh, openly sold it as the Biden brand. Uh, and now we find out that the FBI has had all of this for a very long time. James Biden influenced with Joe Biden to a close to close a deal that forced tobacco companies to pay billions of dollars uh, is what's has come out now. The deal with Lion Hall also illuminates the Biden's decade-long relationship with Scruggs, 
um, a man that's involved in that deal, wants one of the country's most powerful trial lawyers who made his fortune taking on corporate interests and making friends in politics. Scruggs took James Biden on a boat trip while discussing a potential partnership on asbestos lawsuits. We all remember those commercials. Flew Joe Biden on his private plane to a fundraiser, met with the Biden family members at University of Mississippi football game, uh, and, and they have been interviewed. Uh, James and Sarah Biden ties to Struggs also later brought them to the periphery of a sweeping federal investigation, one that eventually led to the trial lawyer's epic downfall in 2008 over a bribery scheme. The FBI agent circled in on Scruggs, a close friend of the Biden family and his associates um, back then. Neither Biden nor his brother uh, was charged or accused of wrongdoing in that case, which led to prison for Scruggs and several of his associates, including James Biden. Um, this comes uh, is we are reminded of this now and the FBI having uh, actual evidence on tape of James Biden's uh, uh, influence peddling. Uh, as James Comer now has uh, exact, uh, told us exactly what happened with the $200,000 uh, check that was written to Joe Biden by his brother and sister-in-law. And there's a great, real clear investigation story about Sarah Biden. So uh, this is a crime family through and through, as uh, we have seen uh, portrayed here. But I will tell you that um, they have a lot of bank records, all of these things. But this new AmeriCorps Health. Uh, is in federal bankruptcy court. Um, so these are court records in a different case. Um, they have accused Jim Biden, James Biden, of a lot of things. So this is public record, and it shows that it wasn't just Hunter Biden, but the entire Biden family. Um, basically, shell companies that congressional investigators have uncovered that have alleged that ties to the Biden family, saying that banks filed 180 suspicious activity reports against Biden family, Biden family in, uh, companies, shell companies owned by the Biden family, and that they were getting wire transfers from all over the world. Um, these shell companies were not real businesses, uh, and many of them had no employees, folks. Uh, this also goes along with the revelation that there were probably 20 aliases of Joe Biden uh, of emails and other things. And then on top of that, what we found out is that um, uh, they don't know what the company is, but they do know that the president's son owns it and he got a $5 million wire transfer from China. Uh, the Bidens said that the money was a loan, which is suspicious because a loan from who for what is not uh, delineated in the documents here. So this is some kind of China influence operation. And then the AmeriCorps stuff is about a $600,000 payment to James Biden, of which it appears that the $200,000 came out of. So stay tuned on that. And, and just to remind everyone, you know, when they uh, when Joe Biden went into office and they were like, the adults are now in charge. Um, there have been so many scandals uh, under this White House that are so depraved and creepy and beyond comprehension. We had the uh, Rob, we had the um transgender uh energy secretary stealing women's clothing from suitcases uh at airports we had a uh a biden i mean a, a democrat staffer filming anal uh sorry guys sex in the united states senate hearing room and putting it online and then blaming uh the people uh, that found it and released it for being homophobic <laughs> if 
they were if they were straight people that'd be fine um we had the cocaine found in the white house they can't find out we had the great trans influencer event there with the uh transgender guy with breasts uh topless uh we've had all the queer influencers uh that we know have gotten together and are on TikTok working for the biden regime um we have had multiple arrests for child porn uh out of there and uh we you know saw the picture of all of the um all of the military members with these bdsm masks on uh and pup play which none of us knew about uh also we've had allegations of misconduct all over the place i'm still have been trying to look into the judgment fund if you don't know what the judgment fund is folks the judgment fund is some kind of secret fund apparently uh that helped pay the iranians uh with their pallets of cash, hundreds of millions of dollars. But the judgment fund also is a secretive fund that uh, pays out uh, sexual harassment claims uh, made against Congress and Senate uh, members. So Rob, lots going on. We, we had uh, also last week, Hunter Biden uh, refused to uh, do his duty. And, um, you know, we have um, Steve Bannon and of course, uh, our friend Peter Navarro, both in contempt of Congress for not abiding by the january 6th committee and and calling that they had presidential immunity but um hunter biden decides he's not going to testify uh because he doesn't want to testify behind closed doors and the reason he doesn't want to testify behind closed doors and they're lying to you is because those are longer question and answer sessions not five minutes and they probably don't want to ask ask questions in open forum about joe biden right now but they could behind closed doors and again eric swalwell of his infamous a Chinese Communist Party spy girlfriend who apparently has died in a car in a plane crash is what we're being told. Um, Eric Swalwell helped Hunter Biden and stood there in the press conference where he refused to uh, abide by the subpoena uh, given to him. Um, so all kinds of shenanigans, Rob. So uh, I guess the adults uh, being in charge of the White House isn't necessarily a good thing. I think the adults in charge of the White House are probably the same adults that were in charge at Sodom and Gomorrah. It's we've certainly shifted from the um, uh, the Ten Commandments to the Seven Deadly Sins. I'm a, I'm a pretty uh, I've been around a little bit. I've lived in New York and Los Angeles and San Francisco, and I've been to college and I've, I've done lots of things. I'm learning more about depravity from these people in the last few years than I've ever experienced in my entire life. It's extraordinary. So something is going on there. Um, we talk about, uh, you know, when I was uh, in Wall Street, uh, we it, it was pretty clear that there was a lot going on with congressmen and senators, uh, with uh, insider trading and whatnot. But now it's like out in the open. You just you're seeing them, you know, transacting and making money uh, where they have influence. And the Biden situation is, I mean, that's huge. But that's you know, that's just what we can see right now. I mean, we're not even exploring what's going on, you know, down into the the depths of the of the swamp. So, um, a lot of people are learning that the people they thought were, uh, you know, advocating for them and and to be trusted, cannot be. That's what I would say. Yeah, I mean, the problem too is um, is what we are dealing with here is that most people don't understand what you're talking about, and and I mean, a lot of people watching us understand. But there's been a whole bunch of new news this week uh, about um, some of these other 
uh, periphery issues that I believe are really the main issue. And they have a lot more to do with what's going on, including the Epstein case. And there's been some developments there. But before I get there, I did want to mention to everyone, if they do not know, especially in honor of uh, the Biden family's hundreds of shell companies. Uh, and, you know, guys, that's how a lot of these people do a lot of stuff. There was a big Epstein thing as well, a big, a big way that they're buying up all the uh, all the housing in America, single family homes. Turns out like Bezos, BlackRock, Blackstone are buying up all the single family homes in America because you will own nothing and be happy because they are globalist billionaire oligarchs that are involved with the public private partnership and they believe they are stakeholders of planet earth and you are not. But um, on uh, January 1st, uh, this is a new rule that'll affect um, millions of small businesses around the country. And this is similar to what you told me, Rob, happened uh, at your bank after the 2008. You were too small to save, while the big ones were too uh, big to fail. But really, that was a consolidation, getting rid of as many small banks that weren't involved with the private Western Central Bank and the banking cartel as possible to, to start what I believe. I believe 2008 is about where we're heading with the central bank digital currency uh, and that whole plan for the one world banking system. Um, I think it started back then. Nobody went to jail, but, um, you told me that they started putting in all these regulations for anyone like you guys that survived so that even yeah. if you did survive with everything that they put in after you couldn't possibly keep up and you'd have to hire all new people and get all new training and a small bank that had already been hit hard, that was still hanging on. They kind of, that's how they gutted the rest of them. Well, right. But you didn't have the resources to, to meet the needs of the regulations. Basically. The new ones that all came right. out. Nobody went to jail, but then they started all these new regulations. And yeah, sure, Goldman Sachs and and all the hedge funds and the big banks and BlackRock and and Vanguard, all these people, they could hire whole new staffs to do that. And most of them had people that worked somewhere between Washington and Wall Street anyway. But um, now they're doing it with small businesses, folks. Anyone that didn't get wiped out during the pandemic, get ready. Small entities must file new beneficial ownership information reports in 2024, starting January 1st, 2024. Most small entities, including single member owned LLCs, must file online reports with the federal government disclosing information about the beneficial owners of entities. The new reporting requirement, which of course came through what the uh, the uh, Biden regime's uh, infrastructure bill in the beginning. Um, so basically, everyone needs to report anyone that benefits, uh, I guess, from their company. This is an anti-money laundering, sure it is, um, uh, 2020 bill act that came through the national, oh, it came through the National Defense Authorization Act of 2021, uh, and it was enacted to prevent money laundering, corrupt financial transactions, financial terrorism. It's, uh, it requires the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network a Bureau of the U.S. Treasury to establish and maintain a national registry of beneficial owners of entities that are otherwise not subject to disclosure regulations. Um, and uh, basically, they're saying it will help shed light on criminals who evade taxes, hide illicit wealth, defraud employees and consumers, and hurt honest U.S. businesses through their misuse of shell companies. Um, I wonder if Hunter Biden and James Biden will be filing uh, their... <laughs> their um, disclosures upcoming because they're only talking about three years in those initial charges. This seems like this law was written for them. But again, I guess the Bidens will, will skirt this one as well. Basically, this this applies to um, LLCs, SMLLCs, limited partnerships, S corporations, C corporations. Um, also, Rob, we've been talking about that they are putting in, we got more with this, with this financial stuff today in a minute, but um, they're also putting in 
new uh, laws, which we thought were never going to happen because it was so insane, on unrealized financial gains coming up as well. Uh, what is that, Rob? That sounds pretty crazy to me. That is, uh, it's a, it's an terrible, terrible uh, policy. So basically, you know, if you have an asset, it goes up and down over time. Um, it could be in the stocks, it could be in, 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 in anything, it could be real estate. Um, so, so the value changes over time, but until you sell something, it, you, you, there's, no un, there's no realized gain or loss. So you could be put out of business. You've heard about these game show hosts or game show uh, contestants that win a car or something and they can't pay the taxes. So basically what they're saying is that if your stocks go up, you have to pay those taxes. But then, you know, a, a year later when you sell the stock, it could be down, uh, that could be a double loss. I mean, it's really, um, it's totally, totally, it's disconnected from reality. So um, yeah. this is a, it's an, it's an attack on, on anyone who owns assets. Yes, any and any small business because on top of this, and I, I've run a couple production companies, and uh, a lot of times you start LLCs per project, uh, and then close them after projects. But this is a totally crazy because when I whenever I've done that in the last twenty five years of making movies, I will tell you that um, it's the people that are involved initially that have to report. Um, when you open the LLC, it's the people that have a, a stake in it, right? Well, with this new reporting, uh, everyone gets a full background check. It's not, I mean, not just background check. You have to give over all kinds of information, everything about yourself, your driver's license, your tax ID, uh, all kinds of documents, uh, all kinds of stuff. So this is a lot of work too. Uh, directly so or that- indirectly exercise substantial control over the reporting company, directly or indirectly own or control 25% or more of ownership interests, but it also goes to those deemed to exercise substantial control over a reporting company, including senior officers, CFOs, CEOs, general counsel, chief operating officers, and any similar positions, regardless of title. An individual with authority over the appointment or removal of any senior officer or any majority of board of directors individuals who direct determine or have substantial influence over important decision making made by the reporting company including and it has all these things this is a a total disaster if you ask me for small businesses uh your thoughts on that rob well it does a lot of things number one it 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 disincentivizes investing so if you're an investor number one you don't want to get dragged into something because then you have all these disclosures and all this new responsibility if you are a, a small company, all of a sudden, each time that you deal with your accountants and you know and your lawyers, you have a whole new set of documents that need to be uh, filed, and all of that is very expensive. And um, it, it also it, it opens you up. You know, it's it's like a, a it, you know search and it's 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 an invalid search. It's it's going through right. all these little small businesses that make up you know the American economy. It's the American way of. Of, of building uh, and creating, and and now it puts the government, you know, in the it, it, like in your your passenger seat. It's really horrific. It's uh, it's absolutely and, and uh, listen and 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 like everything else that they've been doing with the Biden regime, it's very vague. So uh, they can at any time. Now there is the case we talked about last week. Uh, I think it's Jureski versus SEC where he is arguing that the SEC is unconstitutional, should not exist, which I agree with. I think we should be using the 
the uh, 10th Amendment to gut every agency that is unconstitutional, which is the Department of Education, the Department of Energy, uh, you know, all of these different agencies. Uh, sadly enough, we just found out that the uh, federal government employs 23 million people. That is so egregious and disgusting. And the taxpayers pay every one of them and all of their pensions and all of their uh, everything. And I would say 87% of those employees are uh, in unconstitutional agencies or agencies that we do not need. Uh, and they can't even get them to go back to work anyway. And we're paying them. Well, Rob, you know, talking about all of this, everyone that watches me knows I've been covering the Jeffrey Epstein stuff since 2008. I lived in uh, on Palm Beach and we actually worked at Mar-a-Lago for a little while when I was a kid, when Jeffrey Epstein was very active on the island. I know a couple of the girls that got caught up in the case uh, and I've interacted with uh, many people that were involved. I also met him when I was a, uh, a freshman at uh, my first year at NYU. I also met him or a second year at NYU. I also uh, crossed paths with him in Palm Beach and in Hollywood. So uh, I had been watching the Epstein case for a long time. I firmly believe that the Epstein case is the biggest boomerang and the biggest egg to crack to turn this country around. I believe that more people than anyone can imagine uh, have been blackmailed or uh, are involved in the uh, illegal uh, on many fronts because he was very involved in uh, transhumanism. He was very involved. Uh, with MIT, very involved with Harvard, very involved with all kinds of crazy science. He funded a lot of science. There are connections with him with COVID, with uh, the testing kits of COVID, with Bill Gates, with the Edge Foundation. Um, he wanted to seed the planet with his, uh, with his offspring. Um, he was also very involved in many things. But the biggest thing was, I am, uh, uh, from my information and from uh, great reporters out there, he was running about a $500 million blackmail ring for multiple agencies, including uh, in, in the US, Saudi Arabia and Israel, and God knows where else. Um, and he had his sex island, his uh, pedophile island down there is uh, with all kinds of satanic imagery. Um, so a lot of people are talking about what's going on in the Jeffrey Epstein case. First, it was Marsha Blackburn. Um, many people obviously have been asking for the list, as I've been saying along, all along. The list can be compiled by looking through the all of the um, court cases from 2008 forward uh, would give you a very good list of looking at people that Jeffrey Epstein trafficked to, trafficked with, and was involved in. It's also very clear that Jeffrey Epstein's closest friends uh, were three world leaders, uh, Bill Clinton, uh, Prince Andrew, and Ehud Barak of Israel. Uh, on top of that, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's father, Robert Maxwell, most people know, not only ran a newspaper empire, but also was a notorious, uh, apparently, blackmailer as well. Um, and his daughter and Jeffrey Epstein picked up where he left off. Uh, it is said uh, from the Palm Beach uh, people that I've spoken to in the past and that I know from my parents having lived there most of my adult life, um, there is so much evidence of blackmail that it, the FBI must have. It was seized. They, they tore apart the island. Uh, they tore apart the Palm Beach house. Uh, apparently, there's, there was CC footage. They tore apart the Manhattan house. Um, a lot of people say that things disappeared, but somebody has all the Jeffrey Epstein footage. Some people did take off with it, we are told, uh, and went to Russia and other places. But um, so what is happening is first, uh, Marsha Blackburn asked for the flight logs to be um, revealed. Uh, the truth of the matter is the flight logs are just Jeffrey Epstein's plane. And uh, since I do know five people who went to the island for sure, uh, most people went to that island by boat. 
uh, or flew into St. Martin or St. John and then took either a small plane or a boat from there. If they didn't go there on their yacht to begin with, there are also seven or eight other islands that are up that entire stretch. Uh, just like Nygaard just uh, finally got convicted, thank God, as Epstein would have. Um, uh, but on top of that, this Epstein client list uh, is that's coming out is not the client list, folks. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that, but I will. I think there's a good clip here that kind of gives you some insight of why Dick Durbin blocked uh, Marsha Blackburn's request for the flight logs. And too many of my colleagues, I'm afraid, are compromised. Uh, in this area for whatever reason. Somebody just whispered in their ear, said, hey, you don't want something to come out on something else. You better keep your mouth shut on this. And that's exactly what they've done. And um, and it continues to go, whether it's the honeypot that the Russians used to use or something worse, I don't know. But but it's clearly, you see something that up and down know. the line, you see good conservatives vote for liberal policies. And, and there you, you have know. it. Compromised I and blackmailed. Jeffrey Epstein was the the king blackmailer for many many years. Again, he had no high school. I mean, he had no college degree when he got his job at the most prestigious school in New York City for kids. Dalton and uh, Ace Greenberg picked them up there. He went to Bear Stearns, and the rest is history. What were you going to say, Rob? I was going to say where again, you know, not only am I learning a lot about depravity and and the financial markets and and uh, uh, the Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, 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 kind of lifestyle that that a lot of our leaders, uh, you know, seem to uh, follow. But um, this this blackmail and and bribery thing uh, and the honeypot thing, whether it's with boys or girls or whatever it is, whatever their drugs, whatever their 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 you know, whatever they they choose. Um, evidently, this has been going on for a long time, right? I mean, it, it, Hoover was really big into this yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. from the from the founding of the FBI, you know, I've read a lot about uh, the, uh, you know, the Playboy Mansion and, and things that went on there. We know that the Chinese are very active in in blackmail and bribery and honeypot um, operations. So, um, you know, we hadn't really thought about it and how pervasive it is, but we're learning and it's, it's quite shocking. Yeah, the Epstein case is so big, far and wide. It's it, We really just have to keep pushing on it. Nobody should give up on the Epstein case. But again, what is happening upcoming? The 177 does from the Epstein files. Um, this is a federal judge has ruled to unseal documents that would reveal 177 does who are Epstein friends, recruiters, victims, and um, also uh, perpetrators and, um, and Johns, I guess, whatever they're called. Um, but again, a lot of these names are people that have already been known. They were covered up during uh, these incidents. This is all coming out between, uh, I, I, I like Virginia Roberts a lot, and I think that she is great, but a lot of this is through um, her case uh, versus Maxwell, but also Aunt Prince Andrew's defamation case and many other cases. So this is going to reveal a lot of people that are already well-known uh, to have been involved. It will also involve... Um, 167 John Doe's uh, that um, have different references. Not all of them are, are involved. Some of them are periphery. Some of them are uh, are mentioned in passing. 
So uh, this is not the list of people who went to Epstein Island. There is there is something going around thinking people uh, that this list is coming out with all the Hollywood people and all the sports figures and politicians that participated in whatever hell on earth went on on that island. Uh, but that is not what this is. This is a release of names that are in these court filings that were in these court cases. Um, so I just want everyone to know that many of these people will be known to you already. Um, and a lot of these, a lot of these names are references of, um, their previously identified people. Some had been interviewed by the media, um, their names of other people, including victims. So some of these names are names of victims, um, that had been discussed in the Maxwell criminal trial. Some are perpetrators. Yes. 67 remain unidentified, but all the other ones are pretty well known. Um, many of them did not, it says here, did not participate. So, um, yes, this is a great step, but, um, this is not, it is not anything to do with the island pretty much in terms of the list of, of people that went to the island. We know many people did. I personally know people who did, but what I am saying is, uh, this is one nice step, but we are not talking about full disclosure here. So, uh, this will be very interesting and that's coming on, um, on the first, uh, you know, there's lots coming out about all of this stuff. Cause we also have, uh, also the week of, um, of the first week in January, apparently the, um, feds are going to unmask the elected officials, military officers, and government contractors with security clearance who visited high end brothels. Uh, from Eastern Virginia and Boston that are part of a Chinese espionage ring. There are 28 names coming out in that. Um, and apparently some of these people are pretty shocking and will be well known. Uh, Homeland Security Investigation Task Force officer with the Cambridge Police Department submitted applications for complaints against 28 sex buyers with Cambridge District Court. Um, until probable cause has been found, no names will be released. Uh, if probable cause is established, the criminal charges, uh, will be, um, made public elite clients of high end brothel busted in Massachusetts and DC will be unmasked, um, is what the daily mail is reporting. So we're chipping away at it as we go. Um, so that is all happening. Uh, so, you know, as much as they're doing the Trump, there is things happening on the other side. Also, we've talked in the past and then we'll move on to another very important thing. Um, Charles McGonagall that we've talked about before, he's the FBI counterintelligence bureau chief in New York, very involved in, uh, Russiagate, very involved in many things, including, uh, the TWA uh, flight investigation, 9-11 and other things. Well, Charles McGonagall will be going to jail for four years. Um, now he has been found guilty of working with Russian businessman and Clinton friend, Oleg Deripaska, Pasca. He repeatedly flouted and manipulated the sanctions, uh, the sanctioned regimes vital to the country's national security, U.S. District Court, Southern District of New York. Uh, Judge Jennifer Reinard said, um, the undeniable seriousness of this and the need to respect the law compels a meaningful custodial sentence. Four years is not enough if you know about this man and what he's been involved in. Um, McGonagall's crimes do not altogether stamp out the contributions he made to the country in his 22 year career at the FBI. Um, but, uh, there is a lot more that goes into this guy, including, um, 
many things having to do with the Russiagate uh, incident and um, also uh, 9-11 and uh, cover-ups, many cover-ups along the way that he's accused of being a part of. So uh, a lot of these things also involve the Clintons, folks. If anyone should have been questioned in the Epstein case, it was Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton, and they still haven't been, nor has Bill Gates. Uh, but and all, all three uh, visited Epstein, traveled with Epstein, and uh, Epstein and Bill Clinton appear to have been best friends. Bill Clinton, uh, also John Podesta should be questioned. And on top of that, uh, Jeffrey Epstein claimed to publicly many times have started the Clinton Global Initiative and the Clinton Foundation with Bill and Hillary Clinton and John Podesta and another man who has who jumped off a building during COVID, Stephen Bing. So anything that's coming out about McGonagall or the brothel in D.C., which I believe is a child trafficking situation as well, or the Epstein case is good for us and humanity and law and order. And they can do what they want to do to Trump. There are no crimes there. But I assure you, everything that we are going to find out about the cases I just mentioned are major crimes. Um, there is a, a hearing for a man that is not a criminal and is being persecuted for being a journalist and probably one of the best and most helpful we have ever seen in our lifetimes, Julian Assange being tortured there in Belfast, um, I mean, Belmore prison. But his wife came out and confirms that there will be a hearing uh, in the middle of January, Assange appeal hearing set, oh, in February, I'm sorry, Assange appeal hearing set for February in prison publisher Julian Assange will face high court judges over two days on February 20th and 21st in London. So get on the phone with anyone you can to tell them that you want Julian Assange to be left. Oh, is, the prison is Belmarsh. I'm sorry, I said the wrong name. Um, Julian Assange is in a hell on earth prison. Everyone knows that Tucker just went to visit him. Um, and uh, what we are hoping is that uh, Julian Assange, we would like the charges dropped as most people would. And um, but Assange had had an earlier request to appeal rejected by the high court, uh, Jonathan Swift, on June 6. He filed an appeal, um, and that will be heard in February. Um, also, uh, he has, uh, we would not, I mean, I would like the U.S. to drop all charges, uh, but right now the Biden regime will not, of course. But um, Assange's mental health, his physical health, everything else is in play here. And uh, he really, I think, did the world a service and is a hero, in my opinion. Um, also, I did want to mention about the Julian Assange case. There is another break in that case. Uh, Assange visitors giving green light to sue the CIA. Um, if you did watch Tucker's interview or heard for the last several years, it appears that um, there are allegations that Mike Pompeo, when he was running the CIA, had wanted to kidnap and maybe uh, murder or something else. Uh, these are these, this was suggested, um, Julian Assange. But what we did find out is that um, the CIA and um, had uh, been monitoring Julian Assange while he was in the Ecuadorian embassy, and that four people, four journalists, had gone to visit him, and the judge ruled that those four U.S. nationals can proceed with their lawsuit against the CIA. They claim their electronic devices were illegally searched on behalf of the CIA when they visited WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange at the Ecuadorian embassy in London. Um, and that's, uh, you know, uh, most people remember attorney uh, Margaret uh, Ratner Kunstler and uh, a couple other people, John Getz, Charles Glass, uh, and one other journalist, journalist who reported on national security issues. 
their complaint was initially filed in August 2022. The CIA uh, sought to have it, it uh, thrown out. Um, the case focuses on events in the Ecuadorian embassy between 2017 and 2018 when the four individuals visited Assange. Undercover Global, the now defunct Spanish firm hired uh, by the diplomatic mission to provide security, uh, was allegedly compromised by U.S. spies. It had installed secret cameras and microphones to snoop on Assange and shared personal data about visitors with the CIA, according to the press court and court uh, press reports and court briefings. Um, also, the CIA and then Director Mike Pompeo uh, were were named in the the complaint was directed against. Uh, uh, CIA, Mike Pompeo, and the head of Undercover Global. Uh, the later had publicly branded WikiLeaks, that would be Mike Pompeo, a non-state hostile intelligence service, uh, and expressed animosity towards uh, Assange. Suggestions were made that Pompeo's CIA was prepared to resort to drastic measures in targeting Assange. He was hiding at the embassy over fears of being arrested and extradited to the United States. Uh, an investigation by Yahoo News based on multiple interviews with agency officials claimed in 2021 that Pompeo had considered various scenarios for getting Assange, including possible kidnappings and assassinations. So that will go forward. Um, any thoughts on that before we jump uh, to the uh, next two things I wanted to mention briefly because we are going long? You know, Assange was a he was a reporter. He put out information that that he picked up. Um, the freedom of the press is one of the pillars of democracy, and and he is you know at the pinnacle, but we're seeing a lot of other reporters being targeted, right? And free speech is being targeted. So we really need yeah. to support free speech because it's critical. I mean, we are under terrible censorship. We were just had a phone call today with the Rumble folks. Yeah. Um, we've talked about what's happened with uh, YouTube. We've got Twitter. kicked off of human platforms, Twitter, can't get it back. I mean, but but he is kind of the poster child right up here because he was was breaking some really in, incredible stuff. But that has trickled down to the entire kind of, you know, uh, it, you know, industrial complex of, of the, uh, our country. So it's it's very important that we support all free speech even if it's, uh, you know, it's uncomfortable, you know, that is what free speech is. Yeah. And if anyone knows where the bodies are buried from uh, 9-11 to Iran, to Iraq, to Afghanistan, to Seth Rich, to what happened with the Clintons and everything else, the WikiLeaks documents, everything that uh, Julian Assange knows is very dangerous for the people that are running the controlled demolition of America and the globalist billionaire oligarchy and the military industrial complex. He is being persecuted because he is a patriot and a freedom fighter and wanted truth and justice for the American people and people all over the world. Please pray for Julian Assange. I do all the time. Um, to me, he is a hero and uh, God willing, when he gets out, uh, he can be brought back to full health and um uh you know and like you said there are many people you know like him or hate him uh snowden us um you know uh um alex jones owen schroyer our friend steve baker is about to be you know railroaded um gonzalo lira i mean there's people i mean so many we just had on um 
my friend Joaquin Flores, like, you know, this is worldwide, this crackdown. Gemma O'Darty, who's the, one of the best reporters that's been reporting on Ireland, is being terrorized. Obviously, everyone here um, that is and being put on lists. So uh, Julian Assange, to me, is is more than just that. He is um, he is kind of the poster child for what is happening to this this world in this country in terms of controlling the narrative propaganda and weaponized uh, media. Um, speaking of weaponized media, Rob, uh, Rob and I just saw a trailer. I, I honestly, back in the day, I had a lot of respect for focus features. Uh, but I guess, and I tell you, this happened in 2003, 2003, 2005 in, in Hollywood before it hit uh, mainstream. The BLM, CRT, diversity, equity, inclusion, LGBTQ plus was born and bred there well before the mainstream world uh, got, a, got a, a sight of it. But um, we're all talking about these new movies that are coming out that are horrific, in my opinion. They, I, know, I do a lot on predictive programming on um, CIA and intel agencies within Hollywood. Uh, a lot on very compromised people. We just talked about Epstein Island, but there's all kinds of compromising going on there. It is not a good place. It is a predator prey place. But right now you can get things made if you're talking about the one one species of, of people that really, really got to go. Uh, there is a new movie coming out called The American Society of Magical Negroes. Um, it's described in the trailer. It says that white people are the most dangerous animals on the planet. Uh, in this movie, uh, directed by Kobe Labee, um, like to look into that, uh, it describes, uh, in, in the trailer itself, it says white people are, are described as the most dangerous animals on the planet. Uh, it is a, a fresh satirical comedy about a young man, Aaron, who's recruited into a secret society of magical black people who dedicate their lives to a cause of utmost importance, making white people's lives easier. Um, uh, they go on to show um, white people as dangerous animals, uh, is uttered halfway through the trailer, uh, goes on to explain uh, his character prepares to explain what the mission of the magical society is, revealing that the main goal is to keep white people happy with their discomfort levels being measured in white tears. Um, it says, what's the most dangerous animal on the planet? He asks rhetorically, uh, right after Smith's character replies with shark. He immediately says white people were the, when they feel uncomfortable. Uh, goes on to say, white people feeling uncomfortable precedes a lot of bad stuff for us, black people, they're saying. That's why we fight white discomfort every day, because the happier they are, the safer we are, black people. Now, the writer goes in to talk about how everyone knows about the magical Negro. Well, I didn't know about that. I've never even thought about it or heard about it. But the director, apparently, who is being backed by Focus Features and all the funders of that, seems to think that this is just hilarious, that everyone knows about the magical Negro. Uh, she, he says, it all sort of start with the magical Negro trope. Ha <laughs> ha. I'm sure you're familiar with it. I don't know anyone who is. And everyone that I've talked to, including black people, are absolutely horrified by this. But just I have, to define- it's, another, it's another new learning experience, Mel. It's another thing that I'm learning, which obviously my entire life experience is I'm unprepared for for all this new um uh, knowledge i i, I so i'm well, so grateful yeah. to learn 
<laughs> yeah, well, just like with the head of Harvard that's come out that she uh, put together a whole thing that they wanted to remove white men from the atmosphere and all public spaces in Harvard. Uh, and some of the other things that were said on the floor, if you just put in black or any other or Asian or um, Indian or anything else, people would go crazy. But because they're saying it about white people, it's funny now. And, and you know, who cares really? Because, you know, they've already, you know, the white people are the problem. Uh, ask Joe Biden. Uh, he, he's certainly behind this. He says, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with it, but just to define it in my own terms, says the director, I think of the magical Negro as a kind of stock black character, a black best friend character who's only focused on helping the white hero because that's what's normal, as if Denzel Washington and, um, and uh, what's his name, um, uh, Will Smith and, uh, you know, all these giant male actors all the way back, uh, these black leading men that have been so amazing and phenomenal my entire life didn't exist. They're making it like they don't really, he's saying in, in movies and stuff, black characters don't really have an inner life. They don't have their own things going on. They're just relentlessly focused on helping this white character grow in most cases. And I always thought that was so funny. This is insulting to all of these actors. There's never been a, a limited amount of black actors in film and TV ever. There still isn't. It's not true. Go watch some movies from the 70s and 80s. Uh, I don't know. My entire childhood, uh, my hero was uh, Bill Cosby and Dr. Huxtable. So I'm, I'm really unclear on how they're allowing this to happen. But I tell you, if you switched out anything else for the white what they're doing to the white people in this movie. And it comes on top of, of course, uh, the, the predictive programming announced of the new movie Civil War coming out. Of course, Obama's Leave the World Behind. Uh, what's sad is most people wanted to see it because of that. But that movie also says uh, the black, uh, it's the dumb white family that can't take care of themselves, the genius black man that's going to save everyone and tells everyone how to basically destroy a nation from within, produced by of course, the man who's the pro at destroying a nation from within, Barack Obama. But in Leave the World Behind, it is about a catastrophic cyber attack that shuts down the power grid, internet, and cell phone service with a child that is obsessed with friends, wacky enough, and TV and doesn't understand reality. Um, and on top of that, uh, it, it in that movie as well, um, the black child is told that uh, to not trust the white man um, again, produced by Barack Obama and Netflix. Uh, we have the movie Civil War coming out with Kirsten Dunst. And again, Julia Roberts and Ethan Hawke. I'm glad that you feel really good about um, disparaging white people and uh, turning on your audience uh, for the good of working with Barack Obama, who hates, uh, I believe, America and everyone uh, that he depicts as below him, except for his elitist globalist billionaire oligarch friends and backers. Um, and unfortunately, that movie is at number one on Netflix. So I guess Obama is going to continue producing movies. Uh, but another director, Alex Garland, has a movie coming out called Civil War. This film predicts, I mean, depicts journalists navigating a civil war in modern day America. Uh, you can check out the trailer for yourself. We won't play it here. But it is set at an indeterminate point in the future and serves as a sci-fi allegory for our currently polarized predicament. It uh, covers a full-blown civil war in America. 
Uh, and basically, this is what we're dealing with. This is predictive programming. And uh, what is scary is that um, if you look at a lot of this and then you look at the World Economic Forum talking more and more and the stakeholders, the global public-private partnership aligned with the World Economic Forum, which would include all of these film companies, uh, all of the uh, big media companies and um, basically the entire S&P 500, because if they are connected to BlackRock or Vanguard or State Street, they are connected to the World Economic Forum. Uh, again, Larry Fink is on the board of both. Run, he's the head of BlackRock, but he is on the board and the behind the ESG score at the World Economic Forum. But I did want to remind people that the World Economic Forum has warned. Um, we've talked many times about the cyber polygon exercise that they've done, similar to Event 201. But they are warning of a catastrophic cyber event. I don't know, kind of like Barack Obama's movie uh, in 2024. Again, talking about uh, the cyber event that will happen. I actually have a video of Klaus Schwab talking about it. And, um, and basically this is a good way for them to, uh, force people to walk into willingly digital currency, full track and trace surveillance, artificial intelligence, uh, because how will they take us back online? Um, but, um, coming off of all of this, uh, democratic lawmakers are of course pushing for now openly secure digital ID biometrically synced to your smartphone. Um, Rob, all of this is connected with this. And when then, then when you see it on the House Financial Services Committee hearing floor, it gets very scary. But several government officials shared updates on their work on digital ID connected to the central bank digital currency, uh, two technologies that will give the government unprecedented levels of control and surveillance power over the people. Uh, but now we have uh, U.S. Um, Congress people debating it. The secure digital ID biometrically biometrically synced to your smartphone allowed individuals to remotely verify that they are who they are. Um, uh, and then they're saying things like it will reduce fraud. It will reduce, you know, uh, child pornography and sex trafficking, allow individuals to defend themselves against deep fake identities. So they're really pushing this digital ID. What they're not telling you is that it's global and it's coming under the guise of a global digital ID that would is biometric has your biometric data, your central bank digital currency, which would be connected to the one world banking currency, your World Health Organization um, passport, your uh, climate trace passport, uh, and it will also include an ESG and social credit score for people. Um, but it is being openly debated and suggested on the floor of the. Um, of the uh, House at this point, and there are multiple Democrats, they're all Democrats apparently, um, even though there's large scale uh, privacy issues and financial blacklisting power and the ability to track and trace and surveil people's spending um, and also uh, taxes could be put into that. All of this was in the tax bill, um, but it is, uh, it is being pushed as a secure identification system that can protect you as everything is. I know that- uh, you know what would work better? How about closing the border? How about stop yeah. spending all of our printing money like there's no uh, tomorrow and, uh, you know, rein in all of these, uh, you know, these, this crazy spending. Stop turning our military and our schools into uh, indoctrination camps. I mean, this is all controlled. And then they use all that, you know, it's almost like the, it's a Cloward Piven strategy as well as um, using these, you know, what they've created to 
you know, drive this agenda. So what I would encourage people to do is make sure, cause they're trying to push all this stuff, right? So make sure Under that the you... guise of safety. So Rob, they're also using what's happening at the border as a reason that we need this now. Uh, you know, they're using right. child trafficking as a reason that we need this now. This is all connected. You're absolutely it's right. All, it's all. So make sure you look. It's it's really important to be prepared because when you are prepared, you have there's a there's a level of of comfort and safety that you are you know as a sovereign citizen taking care of yourself. So, and you know in health and wellness, make sure you have um you know backup medicines that you need make sure you're from a financial side that you are you know getting yourself out of the system as much as you can we talk about you know hard assets we like our partner beverly hills precious metals but there's many other things that you can do whether it's collectibles you have real estate what other things that you might do um you know as a, as far as you know communication and backup it's like you know, you need battery backups, you need maybe solar chargers, you know, so we have the satellite phone store, they, we have a lot of partners that'll give you, a, you know, a lot of solutions in these areas, but clearly they're pushing for these agendas and this, this uh, uh, predictive programming that they're showing us. And, and because of your background in Hollywood, we, we've been watching so much of this, uh, you know, to, to kind of unwind, but it's been a whole education in and of itself, hasn't it? I'll tell you what, after watching Walking Dead, you couldn't, you couldn't pry my guns out of my hands because I, I don't know what's going to happen because I watch that and then I watch, then I see this movie Civil War. I know what's going on in the country and I honestly believe they want to cause as much chaos and then call responsibility to protect, uh, you know, their real regime change. This has been a color revolution and then they're, they're going to go with their ridiculous human rights, UN people that I think includes Iran, Venezuela, and China. And they're going to say that America is so chaotic because most people don't know that the Biden regime immediately upon taking office, not only signed us, uh, well, Obama signed us over to agenda 2030 and the 17 sustainable development goals for them, which are really full track and trace surveillance, uh, to totalitarian technocracy with no freedom, no, no ability to live your life. It is, is a digital slavery. Gulag is the 17 goals of the agenda 2030 global governance plan. But, um, you know, Obama signed us up for that. The American people don't know. A lot of people still think that that's a good thing. It's not. Um, but, um, I did want to, I want to finish on something really important, but I did want to say about what, what we were just talking about that, um, Senator Kennedy and Senator, um, Merkley of Oregon, that's a Democrat and a Republican. I love John Kennedy. Um, they introduced the Travel Privacy Protection Act of 2023 because they're very concerned about um, what you and I saw at the airport. And we've been saying for two years mm -hmm. about clear is that um, the involuntary. Terrible, by the way, folks. So yeah. many people did it to get through the lines. They don't realize they don't even ask where that clear biometric data scanning of your retinas and of your facial is going. This is all going into your biometric digital world global ID that we are talking about that would include your CBDC, your WHO records, your your um, you know, your climate trace score, your social credit score. But um, they are talking about that uh, TSA scans thousands of Americans' faces without their permission, without making it clear to the travelers that they can opt out of invasive screening. The Travel Privacy Protection Act would protect every American from Big Brother's intrusion by ending the facial recognition program. The TSA program is a precursor to a full-blown national surveillance state. Nothing could be more damaging to our national values of privacy and freedom. No government should be trusted with this kind of power or information of the people. 
They are talking just about the financial recognition screenings that the federal government is implementing at airports all over the country. They're not even getting into your phone and all the stuff that you're being tracked and traced. You know, we're on a lot of those lists, the Twitter list, the Facebook list, this, that. Um, lots of people now have the SSSS at the bottom of their tickets when they go to the airport because they are put on the new FBI domestic terror list because they are patriots or they were at January 6th. So uh, please check out and support John Kennedy's bill and make sure other people do, um, you know, take a look at what's going on. Um, now, How I, what happened I think, at the uh, airport yesterday with that, uh, you know, enhanced screening at the gate? That was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Never happened to me in my life. Well, it wasn't about enhanced screening. Okay, so we were at the, at the airport in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. There's a huge... The, the situation in Phoenix, uh, in Arizona in general, in Texas, obviously, we talked to the border with 911 guys, Mark Morgan and um, Victor Vila and others about the border. But uh, I had never seen what I saw yesterday up close. We, we talked to ben, ben Bergstrom there. We're obviously friends with Ann and Michael Yan, who've been reporting it. But um, when we got to Phoenix Airport, there were people all over the place that were clearly illegal immigrants. Uh, a lot of children as well. And uh, it was very strange. We went, we did the normal TSA thing. And then when we got to the gate and they were calling to board the gate, they announced that everyone had to show their legal American ID. And at, we never had had this happen at the gate before. Usually never. when you get to the gate, you already went through TSA, you give your ticket. Everyone and all the three TSA agents came down. This was on American Airlines. And um, and then two guys that I noticed were had tags from NGOs. And suddenly there were about 20 uh, illegals that got ushered over and were going through onto the aircraft, showing manila folders and some papers inside. No ID, no nothing. And um, they were given priority uh, boarding onto the plane. And then all of us uh, American citizens or, or citizens had to show our licenses before we even had our tickets scanned at the gate to get on the plane. Um, and this happened there. And then we had a layover in Dallas and the same exact thing happened. And at that point, there was about, I'd say I saw nine or 10, but in, at, in Phoenix, there was at least 20, uh, illegals on that flight with us that had no idea. Uh, I don't know what is in those Manila folders. I don't know what they're showing them, but I do know that the TSA agents and the American airlines employees were involved. Several people asked the TSA agent and the one guy who was obviously the, the translator from some NGO. And, uh, they were basically told get in line or they wouldn't be able to get on the plane. Uh, for asking the TSA agents and the American Airlines employees. Uh, many people were complaining on the plane, uh, and basically we were threatened, uh, different people on the plane were threatened like we were if you didn't wear your mask right on the plane during COVID. Uh, I'm not sure what is going on there, but uh, what it looked like to me, Rob, was human trafficking on a grand scale, and uh, with these airlines complicit, I know... Um, uh, there's a big influencer. I can't remember her name right now, uh, on uh, her first name is Ashley on, um, on Twitter that had the same experience with Delta at Phoenix as well yesterday. Uh, your thoughts on that? Cause I do want to talk about two things. It's really important that I talk about what's happening with, the, um, the SEC and the natural asset class and also union Pacific, but any thoughts on what we saw yesterday at the airport and how horrible it felt? It really, really, Everyone in line was like, what is going on? We 
why are they checking our IDs to get on the plane? We already went through security, but then they were checking, they were treating the illegals without ID that didn't speak English, that were obviously brought there by handlers of an NGO as, as superior to, to everyone else. It was very strange. Rob? Well, yeah, not, I mean, first of all, uh, like I said, I've, I've traveled a lot my entire life and I'm not a young person and I've never, ever had an ID check at the gate, number one. Number two, you know, flights have become really expensive and it's very difficult to get through the screening process. But at the same time, so they're driving up prices that we're paying for, you know, illegals flights um, and they're all over the airports there. You know, you had people come up to you asking which gate to go to, which, you know, just because you yeah. look like someone who might. And, and, you know, it's the strangest, strangest thing because we know the scale that this is happening because we did talk to Tom Homan. We did talk to all the border 911 people and we know how, um, it's how devastating it's it not, is. It's not what? immigration, it's an invasion. It's a full on invasion, it an invasion. And, and to call it anything 100%. else is, is Yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was kind of, you know, it, it, it really brought it home, you know, because of where we just were, we were at this turning point event and then we all filtered into the airport and then boom, you know? Yeah, and it was bad. And I know, I know, Katie Hobbs, who shouldn't be there, but Katie Hobbs had to call in the National Guard in Arizona last week, so it must be really bad because she works for uh, the Open Society, Open Border guy, George Soros. So uh, I also wanted to mention Union Pacific Railroad is warning America that the Biden regime has closed down Eagle Pass, where there's, uh, I believe, that there was just fourteen thousand apprehensions, but um. Union Pacific is uh, warning Americans and urging the Biden regime uh, to uh, that Eagle Pass and El Paso border crossings be immediately reopened. Uh, these locations represent 45% of cross-border Union Pacific business and include goods critical to the U.S. economy. Um, there isn't enough capacity at our other four gateways to reroute them. With Christmas and New Year's holidays just days away, Union Pacific is in a close communication with multiple government agencies and our, our customers, urging the crossing closed by U.S. Customs and Border Protection under O'Biden to be reopened. While the company understands this is a complex humanitarian crisis, most migrants are not crossing the borders on trains. Union Pacific uses our own employees, police force, and technology, including x-ray systems, that use gamma ray imaging to look for people and contraband. Finding contraband before it makes its way into the United States is crucial to the safety and security of our railroad, our employees, and the communities we serve. Every day that the border is closed, Union Pacific is forced to embargo customers' goods on more than 60 trains on nearly 4,500 rail cards with an equivalent of goods being held in Mexico. Union Pacific is doing everything possible to stage trains and work with customers to prevent congestion at the border. The longer the closure is in effect, the more difficult it will be for crossing border um, trade to, to resume. Uh, so they have closed the borders to facilitate um, illegal immigration across the border more efficiently by the O'Biden regime. So Union Pacific is putting out a call for help uh, to the people of the United States, to their customers, and to the country, warning us that the Biden regime's closing of those two uh, train crossings uh, in order to facilitate illegal immigrants across the border is going to be hurting yet again the American people and facilitating illegal uh, immigration on a grand scale 
again. You know what also, this does I want to, Yeah, go ahead. This, yeah. Uh, it, it creates scarcity. It, it hobbles our infrastructure and it, it, um, it's an attack on our supply lines. So, um, you know, the whole supply chain, you know, when people, we don't have goods and services, you're, you're noticing this in stores and, and other places where they're not, ha they're not able to get the same level of, of goods that they used to have. Um, this is what this is about, in my opinion. Yeah, and and it's just it just keeps getting worse. Also, they sold U.S. Steel, the the steel manufacturer that made all of our weapons and cars. You know, U.S. Steel, this giant company that was involved in the industrial uh, revolution, was just sold to a Japanese company for whatever reason. Makes no sense. Very disturbing. Um, you know, it, it's just amazing what the, how fast the the Biden regime is destroying America from within for their globalist billionaire oligarchy benefactors. Um, I do want to end on one thing. We've talked about it. Many talked about it since COP 26, COP 27. We are now at COP 28. Uh, I will close on this and I'm sorry we went so far um, in uh, and so long, but this is the most important thing I can tell you other than the IMF boss and John Kerry and Bloomberg and others agreeing that we all need to now pay a global carbon tax to the World Bank of all people and the Davos crew uh, because of climate change. Uh, the most disturbing thing that is happening, again, the SEC, uh, I, I would uh, urge everyone to look at the case that is questioning if it should exist at all. But the SEC, and don't forget, it's run by Gensler, who was, uh, you know, caught up in the FTX stuff. But Gensler was also uh, running the SEC now. He was also the treasurer. Uh, no, the CFO of Hillary for America, the Hillary Clinton campaign, where he worked in tandem with John Podesta and Hillary Clinton to create the entire Russia hoax, which under oath he said he knew nothing about. But again, like all those judges got honored in a gala event last week for uh, facilitating the Get Trump, Destroy MAGA movement. Uh, Gensler, of course, was also uh, uh, elevated to the head of the SEC. Well, the SEC is about to uh, do something that I think is the most dangerous thing and the most... Uh, egregious and disgusting things so far to come out of this administration. We have been warning about Agenda 2030 and the lies of Agenda 2030, especially the 30 by 30 plan of Agenda 2030, which is the full capture of 30% of the landmass and, and no, not the landmass, the entire planet um, by the globalist billionaire oligarchy elite, the stakeholders of the World Economic Forum and the UN partners and the international banking cartel. The 30 by 30 agenda is um, basically to take over all natural resources, land, water, air, uh, humans, animals, uh, cyberspace, everything. But not to be outdone, the SEC has proposed for the, as I've discussed, natural asset company, the natural asset class proposed by Bloomberg and others at COP 26 um, and 27. So on October 4th, now coming in for a vote coming up in uh, next month, uh, the Security and Exchange Commission has proposed a rule to approve the creation of a new investment vehicle, the Natural Asset Company. Uh, this new vehicle was created by Intrinsic Exchange Group uh, in partnership with the New York Stock Exchange. Not to be surprised, the Intrinsic Exchange Group was founded by the Rockefeller Foundation in, in cahoots with Bloomberg, and others, and in cahoots with the World Wildlife Fund, which is the crown of England behind that organization. The purpose for this new investment product is to provide a vehicle for elite investors, global public-private partners, and stakeholders 
uh, to profit from the protection of natural resources created by climate crisis. It is why these same proponents have been calling for the permanent protection of at least 30% of the world's land and oceans by 2023 in, in, in line with the Agenda 2030, 30 by 30 agenda. Joe Biden and the Biden administration is backing the 2030 agenda, the 30 by 30, the net zero push and the decarbonization policies of the World Economic Forum, UN Agenda 2030, 17 Sustainable Development Goals. The key points here are the proposed rules authorize federal lands, including national parks, restricted areas to be enrolled into natural natural asset companies that will be listed on the New York Stock Exchange. The proposed rules give these natural asset companies and these public companies that will be traded on the New York Stock Exchange management authority. The Biden administration is preparing to enroll all federal lands into national asset uh, class. Proposed rule invites foreign interests to invest in natural asset class. Land trusts can enroll conservation easements without landowners' permission. Exclusive rights to natural processes, natural resources can be monetized and assigned to natural asset companies. Protection of natural resources prioritized over human flourishing. The intrinsic exchange group claims that the new natural asset economy that it is creating, uh, along with Bloomberg and others, will be a $5,000 trillion economy, four times larger than today's economy, which is $105 trillion. This is because they are creating an entirely new set of values, quantifying and monetizing natural processes, ecosystems, natural resources, which every human being must use to live and no one has the right to own. Of course, this changes everything. And now the global public-private partnership, mainly of the World Economic Forum stakeholder capitalists, will be controlling all natural resources on planet Earth and attempting to make a profit control everything from the air we breathe, the land we live on, the oceans we uh, use and waterways, cyberspace, all animal and human uh, interactions on the planet. The services uh, monetize nature and ecosystems under the guise of protecting the climate and the biosphere. Um, All of this is done by, uh, of course, uh, data models uh, online. Uh, You know, these are all the models, the same ones that told us to close down the world for COVID from some of the same places like the Imperial College, the uh, Club of Rome, the IPCC and others, the IPCC on top of that, which is another partner of the Octopus of Global Control behind uh, the Club of Rome and Limits of Growth is also uh, talking about the 15% tax, but they're talking about that going into the World Bank for the IPC's use in uh, investing in this. Uh, so on top of that, Rob, any thoughts on turning uh, nature, humanity, all of God's creatures and God's land? Oh, good. You have on your MyPillow stuff. You need it because this is very bad stuff. Um, turning it all over to the New York Stock Exchange and the uh, the uh, these groups. What are your thoughts? Well, I, you know, it struck me quanti- quantifying and monetizing everything we need to live. So you know, God created this great planet and gave us uh, resources. And what they're doing is they're taking it and we're going to own nothing and be happy, be, but we won't really be happy. They, they just want us to, they're monetizing everything it takes to live. It's, it's, 
I mean, this is as demonic as it gets. I mean, they want us to pay for water, air, you know, uh, cyberspace, space. Not um, pay. They not pay. They want us to rent it. They don't rent they, it. Right. They don't, you know, like yeah, uh, if poor. we can. While we also have a central bank digital currency that they can block us from using any of it. Right. I mean, and they're, they're taking all these public lands, which were like kind of, you know, this is kind of gifted where we can, you know, hunt and camp and fish and, and go on gifted. rivers. It's and, from God. This is from God. These people have no business doing this. The this SEC is, of the Biden regime. And again, this is 100 percent. Agenda 2030 and the 17 Sustainable Development Goals. Please, I asked you last week, go find uh, the September, I believe, 20th, 2023, um, Oba- Biden regime recommits to Agenda 2030 and the 17 Sustainable Development Goals. It is on the White House website right now. Go find that document. I believe it is also on the MelKShow.com resources page under opposition playbooks. Uh, and look at where they are, where they are on the 17 Development Goals. It's about $3 trillion they're talking about of our money investing into all global NGOs, the World Bank, these global groups, World Economic Forum, UN-backed groups. And on top of this, I do want to uh, let you know, in case you were wondering, um, that uh, many of the media outlets, this is also in line with the ESG score going direct, as Larry Fink told us. ESG obviously was perpetuated by Larry Fink and all of that. And uh, I just wanted to end by saying that uh, BlackRock CEO Larry Fink over the past several years um, has uh, remained very, uh, you know, uh, interested in doing this. So this is not um, out of nowhere. His excitement about NACs should give everyone a pause, uh, we would think. Um, But at the same time, this is uh, the Rockefeller um, Foundation. The Intrinsic Exchange Group is a Rockefeller company. Uh, the New York Stock Exchange, of course, the Inter-American Development Bank, which you should look into them. I talk about the BIS a lot and all these groups. This is also a bunch of Wall Street firms, hedge funds uh, and other groups. Also, the Rockefeller Foundation, as I said, this these NACs are also meant to tie in with groups that these same people are backing. The Central Bank Digital Currency and Biometric Digital ID Uh, pioneering a new asset class based on natural assets and a mechanism to convert them into financial capital. These assets, says IEG, make life on Earth possible and enjoyable and, of course, sustainable. They include biological systems that provide clean air, water, food, medicine, a stable climate, human health, and societal potential overseen by people that are stakeholders. Um, This is also... It will not only allow ecosystems to become financial asset, but the rights to ecosystem services or benefits people receive from nature as well. These include food production, tourism, clean water, biodiversity, pollination, carbon sequestration, and many other things. Uh, They are partnering with many uh, members, young global leaders of the World Economic Forum and other World Economic Forum trained people, as well as UN activists. Uh, and many different groups, uh, Capitals Coalition, uh, the C40 Initiative, 50 and 50, all the things that we have talked about. Um, and again, the NAC represent, rep- um, uh, the natural assets of the NAC represents can include institutional investors, private investors, individuals and institutional corporations, sovereign wealth funds, and multilateral development banks 
along with hedge funds and others. Asset management firms that uh, essentially already own much of the world, like BlackRock and Vanguard, uh, will become owners of soon-to-be-monetized natural processes, natural resources, and all things natural on planet Earth. Um, so we will end on that insanity. So get on the well, horn, get on the now. phone, this up, make sure that you fight back against this. Uh, this is very, very important that we do not allow this to happen. It is only a way to steal our money, centralize power, and walk us straight into the digital gulag. You go ahead, Rob. Uh, I am not worried. These are God's, this is God's world. These are God's resources. These people are not God. Uh, there will be a backlash, but uh, not if you don't look it up, look into it, research it, and tell everyone you know this is not a left or right. This is not a Republican or Democrat. We are not in this battle. We will either be after 2024, as I say, American citizens with a bright future, with a bill of rights and a constitution and the land that we love and a future for our children, or we will be global citizens if these people take over again. If they pull this off in 2024, we are members of the globalist cog. We are globalist citizens, and we are on our way to uh, a very bad place. Um, the Biden regime, by the way, is fully backing the natural asset class uh, and this entry of national asset companies being um, uh, placed on the New York Stock Exchange uh, early next year. Go ahead, Rob. Well, if uh, people don't understand the stakes that we face, um, these people are trying to usurp land, sea, air, and life and charge it back to us, okay? And they're going to control it and they're going to meter it. So this is absolutely a non-compliance. I mean, we must push back on all of this. This is totally, um, you know, unacceptable, tyrannical behavior. These people are psychopaths and we will not stand for it. So I know that all of our audience understands that, but part of the, uh, our mission is to help others understand what this uh, agenda 2030, uh, uh, you know, plan is so that they realize it's not right it's not left it's not republican democrat it's not gay or straight or anything it's that total control versus autonomy uh we choose autonomy yeah. uh we have a lot of tools for it and that's the direction that we are going that's the direction that this world is going to go in and thank you for mel for bringing us you know all this information and, and helping us steer through this you know morass of of, of absolutely psychopathic you know, knowledge and behavior. <laughs> I know, but their arrogance and will be their downfall. These people are so sick and twisted. This is the great reset. This is the fourth industrial revolution. This is all this stuff we don't need. Everything we have works just fine. Uh, if we got rid of these people, anything that is going wrong on planet earth, uh, you can trace it back to the public private partnership of the world economic forum, the military industrial complex and the international banking cartel that seek to uh, usurp everything. And I I do want to say both Whitney Webb and Corey Morningstar did excellent work and have been for three years on this natural econ nature's economy, they call it, um, natural asset class. And I just want to end on uh, what Corey Morningstar says uh, in her article on this that I, I suggest everyone go find. She says the public launch of natural asset class strategically precedent uh, preceded the 15th meeting of the Conference of Parties to Convention on Biological Diversity. Member Conference of Parties back in Rio started with the fraud um, 
uh, Al Gore with his carbon credits and uh, Bill Clinton and them, the conference of parties, you should always be looking at those events. Those are the meetings of the One World Government, Global Governance Group, uh, just like the Bilderberg Group, just like the Davos crew. It's all the same people, the 30 by 30. Anyway, under the pretext of turning 30% of the globe into protected areas, the largest global land grab in history is underway. Built on a foundation of white supremacy, this proposal will displace hundreds of millions, furthering the ongoing genocide of indigenous people. The tragic irony is this. While indigenous people represent less than 5% of the global population, they support uh, approximately 80% of all biodiversity. So as I'm saying that this is going on in America, they are talking about Africa, South America, the Middle East. They are talking about the globe. This is why I keep saying they are not after America. They are after the world and America is in the way. So please, please understand everything I'm telling you right now that is happening involving Agenda 2030 and the 17 Sustainable Development Goals is being held up because America. Uh, right now, America is the last man standing because you think they're going to rip through America first with all this BS? No, they're going to rip through Africa first. They're going to rip through South America first. They're going to rip through you know, the Middle East first, and they're going to make so much chaos in America that they go and vote for responsibility to protect to come into this nation. So uh, please stand up and realize that this is all reversible. We can correct course. You can correct course, but not if you don't start being brave, looking up things, talking about it, opening your mouth. They are going at full speed ahead to Agenda 2030. They will do anything and everything to make sure that they steal 2024 so that they can get their billionaire globalist oligarchies on track for their 2030 goal. The 2030 goal is global governance. It is something between Hunger Games and Minority Report for life. If we enter their, their matrix, getting out will be nearly impossible. Fight it with everything you have, everywhere you can. There is no left and right left. There is no Republican and Democrat left. And all, all the useful idiots that are being manipulated by the NGOs on the left and the Democrats and the progressive think that they have any power or that they matter at all to this group of people. They are wrong. We have a billionaire globalist oligarchy that has no allegiance or alliance to any people, any flag, any nation. They are working above us. They are the octopus of global control as per... Uh, Charlie Robinson's book. I highly recommend you go to the melkshow.com resource page and look up some of this stuff. Uh, share it with your friends and family. Uh, we will win. This is a, unacceptable on planet Earth and to humanity. But again, American citizens uh, that love this country and really love the world and humanity need to stand and unite for freedom now uh, and going into 2024. If you don't know why they are doing anything necessary to not let Donald Trump back in, it's because Donald Trump will dismantle this false globalism, globalist, one world government plan once and for all. The last architect passed away, Kissinger. I do not believe that they have people to replace him that have the ability to do this. Um, so we do have we do have a window here to turn the tide. And I, I really hope that everyone takes it very personally and thinks, 
You know, righteous indignation, these billionaire oligarch a-holes, these globalist jerks, none of these companies are American companies that are destroying our children and our quality of life and our, our culture and our society. They are globalists. They are done with America. All they need is the American people to stand down and they will take the world. So please stand up, be brave, show your show yourself, do not be afraid, tell the truth, and let's get out there and take this country back. Last words, Rob, and we will see you next week. Yeah, we will not comply. We got this. People are waking up all over the place. Like I said, we travel all the time, right? And we always sit by Patriots. Everyone gets what's going on. There's a, a, a narrative control that's breaking down, and we are, are part of that solution. We are all part of bringing this country back to where it's supposed to be. So, so know that this is be strong, be brave, be proud. And, you know, let's roll into the holidays. Have a great time. And we've got this in 2024, 100%.